my friends out there. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Tomura Shigaraki, your host, here alone, without my villains. What am I to do? Hmm. Except, I'm not alone. You don't see them, but I have my friends here all around me. Starting with my friend Josh, aka I Repent. And then we have Lovey. Don't let the name deceive you. And of course, our TikTok manager, Nerik Senju, aka my friend, Kyron. And joining me, my favorite Jaegerist, is Heisei, aka Jacob. And yes, Kyron, yes, we have Tissue, Penny, and Chip all here and beautiful Spongebob references. Let's see the Spongebob references over in chat, guys. I love the Spongebob references. Um, yep, the gang's all here. But I am ready uh, to get this another, another episode started for you guys. Uh, so I will address what you guys see or lack thereof. And that is uh, no Lex and no Zach. Yeah. Um, so pretty much, long story short, uh, this weekend kind of very, very quickly uh, just snuck up on me. Uh, is mayonnaise an instrument? Yes, that is another good one. Um, yeah, so... I have a trip planned. Well, I have a trip planned, and I didn't know it was exactly this weekend. It kind of just snuck up on me, and I was like, oh, shoot. That's right. I have this trip this weekend. So, obviously, Sunday uh, pod stream was out of the picture because uh, I was going to be there. And uh, and then uh, today, no Lexi and no Zach because they both are uh, currently at work. So, hopefully, they are doing well with their, with their work and doing well with their jobs. Um, but like I said, I have my friends here and, uh, I'm so thankful for you guys to go ahead and spend time here with me. I'm going to need your guys help with this episode. I'm going to need you guys continuing with your awesome feedback. Um, yeah, this episode is going to be a little bit different guys, but we're going to continue on with the story. And that is season three, episode 13. That is the town where everything began. This will be part one of our episode breakdown and discussion. Yes. I need your guys help to go ahead and get fired up, right? Not as good as Zach's, but uh, I need your help to get fired up, guys. It's uh, a beautiful Friday. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, as I mentioned, Zach and Lex are both at work. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> how tough are you? How tough am I? You got any bottles of ketchup? <laughs> um, don't call me Tubby. <laughs> Love him. Uh, yeah, guys. Um, as I said, I uh, got done with work earlier today, so I'm here uh, doing this uh, Friday pod with you guys. Uh, it'll probably be a shorter podcast episode because I don't have Zach and Lex to go ahead and go on tangents with the SpongeBob podcast. Yes. You know, every time you guys go ahead and you have a SpongeBob reference, I will do my best to try to emulate it and to say it and to bring life to it because we love SpongeBob because there's so much life to SpongeBob. SpongeBob is life. That's what it is, guys. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll continue on, guys. We know the scouts are heading back to Walmaria. They're heading back to Shiganshina. And as this says, this episode, the town where everything began. So we're going to be focusing on that. Focusing on beginning the journey back to reclaim Walmaria. And uh, it's going to be a hell of a journey. And uh, today we're going to go ahead and start 
uh, with some with some recap, I should say, from narrator the Armin. The campfire song song, yeah. Let's gather around the campfire and sing our favorite song. Yeah, good stuff, right? And I'll let you guys follow the up with the rest of the song. You guys know it. Um, but my favorite part is Patrick with this. <laughs> trying to catch up to the freaking song. Uh, beautiful, beautiful episode. That's a, yeah. I mean, SpongeBob is just goaded. That's what it is. Yeah. We love it. Um, but you guys know the drill. Spoiler warning to our friends. Unfortunately, sad to say, uh, there is no Q&A and no poll question for us this episode because um, there's no Lex. without. We can't do that without Lex. No, we don't have one for you guys quite yet. Um, normally, what we do is we have this thing. We're going to do it backwards a little bit, guys. So what, what we're going to do is we're having an episode today, Friday, right? Live stream. And then uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we'll put out a Q&A for you guys. And then Sunday, we will... Uh, yeah, Sunday we'll go ahead and we'll do a poll question. How about that? So it'll be a little bit different, but that means that the following week, uh, we're going to have to go ahead and up to you guys on when uh, we will be streaming on that episode. But we'll probably be back to schedule over on Sunday. Sunday next week. Uh, like I said, this week's going to be a little bit different. But that means that we'll probably have two um, poll questions and two Q&As to go ahead and talk about. So that'll be cool. So uh get to do that with my friends. Uh, Kyron says Squidward Squidward's part is my favorite When he doesn't see anything <laughs> I forgot about that part I don't know why I forgot about it <laughs> That's right He goes Take it away Or he goes like Squidward <laughs> Good Oh <laughs> uh, yeah You know what's weird guys Is that I, I One thing that I actually was I just stumbled upon it um, Because it was a beautiful rendition Of a Freddie Mercury AI performance But Um how weird is that, huh? AI. When you have people that have been deceased for however long are singing songs of today's time or songs after they passed or even just having characters um, and even just like, again, Squidward stuff. You know, there's one where I saw, what the hell was it? it was Squidward singing Ocean Man. Uh, yeah. Oh, hi, say. I won't tell them. Shh, this could be our little secret. But um, but yeah, I appreciate that, my friend. You know you are my favorite Jaegerist. Despite what Zach and Lexi say about you. I'm kidding. Um, it's all love here, guys. Um Yeah, Kyron says those videos are hilarious when it's like cartoon covers. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious, but it's kinda like when you think about it, and I had the tendency, and you guys know that I've I mentioned this before, especially with like the poll questions or the Q and A's, is that I have a tendency to go ahead and think too logically about it. And yeah, Eddie, what is up, Eddie? Only AG tonight. Beard looks glorious. Wow, thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, as I uh, stated to Kyron earlier in this episode, um, I like the beard a lot, but there's times where I don't, and I'm like, oh, I get so close to wanting to just rip it off my face, you know? But um, but I can't do that, especially with what I'm going to be for Halloween. Ooh, a little bit of a tease there for my friends. What am I going to be for Halloween that requires a beard? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I actually told Zach about that um, 
Thank you so much again. Wow, I love it. I love all the love for the beard. Fine, fine. I'll keep the beard. Uh, I was thinking after Halloween or just boom, shaving that off, but no. Uh, yeah, Kyrie says, hey man, gets wrapped up in stuff. Spiraling, yeah. So what I do is I spiral. But uh, anyways, back to that point very, very quickly though. Kyrie, thank you so much for bringing me back on track. But um, I go ahead and I, I think about it too much and I'm like, I'm not accepting it for what it is. And that's just like a nice little cover of an AI generated performance by a cartoon character. No, I'm just like, that sounds so real. That's so creepy. And I start thinking about like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I start spiraling about like, what else can they do? What else isn't it? And then I see, as I mentioned, Freddie Mercury, who has been, you know, dead and uh, dead for a long time. Uh, I am a fan of Mac DeMarco and there's an AI cover of him, uh, Freddie Mercury, beautifully, beautifully, I should say, very angelic. Um, singing Chamber of Reflection. And again, I highly recommend that you guys go ahead and check that out. Check that one out. Because, damn it, it is mm, just beautiful. Music to my ears, literally. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. Um, it's just, for anybody that knows uh, 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 Mac DeMarco's Chamber of Reflection, uh, the Freddie Mercury version is, is slower. It is more, just, I don't know, it's just, it's it sounds nicer nothing against mac but uh but yeah uh Karen said i heard a cover someone did of excess tentacion and man it was something else yeah i wonder what song it was because that, again that uh yeah a lot of it has to do with the song and how like they it well i don't say the song but it's weird how they they make it just seem so seamless and that it fits so well that's like so weird i don't know like i said Squidward and Ocean Man, yes, that is very, very fitting. But it's very weird, to see, like hearing Squidward say, "Like Ocean Man, take me by the hand, make me understand." Like it's very, very weird. Uh, also, Ocean Man that brought back some awesome little nostalgia for me with uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie and the credits theme. Yeah, if you know, you know. Um, but back to Halloween though. We want to do, of course, a Halloween episode, uh, which is, I believe, the 29th. I believe Halloween, if I know, if I remember correctly, is actually, I think, on a Tuesday. But the 29th is a Sunday. And uh, I, I told Zach, giving you ahead of time, man, uh, start planning because I want us to go ahead and, and dress up and everything. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to do a fun little Halloween episode. Halloween will be here before we know it. We're already getting towards the end of September, which is crazy. Uh, I just, I miss MSX the day you passed. I was taking a nap and I woke up and I wasn't believing what I was reading. Yeah, the thing that's so like tragic about that is, is um, when you have somebody who is like you could tell they're on the cusp of just like becoming so big, and then ultimately they end up becoming big because of that. You know, when when someone dies and they're so talented, they become this legend, but you obviously want them to be alive to be able to go ahead and end. And to just enjoy the uh, the love and enjoy the the appreciation from you know the, the fans and and all that and uh, and yeah that one uh, yeah that one was 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 very very um, it was tough to go ahead and kind of accept you know uh, there's there's few that you know you can kind of think of we're like whoa can't believe that but uh but yeah josh we're we're jumping all over the uh the topic topics um eddie said to look up the song yeah i mean there's some like i said I, I i stumbled upon it yesterday um and uh 
and I was very very delighted to to listen to it. It was uh, beautiful uh, music and uh, and it was uh, very entertaining. And I went down a rabbit hole, and there was even some like One Piece stuff too. I know that Kyrie has uh, mentioned about some One Piece renditions and stuff. And then there was one where I saw yesterday where it was like, beautiful. I had to save it to my my phone, but um, it was uh, damn it. What's that Alicia Keys song like? Uh, some people want it all I think literally it's just If I ain't got you right I think that's what it is As I'm like literally <laughs> Singing it out loud um, Yeah 40 more three, 43 more days uh, And yeah, I think that's what we're talking about Right with uh, We're talking about the finale yeah, I ain't got you. Hey, Lexi. Lexi joining us here in chat. Not in person. I miss you, Lex. Hopefully you're doing well at work. And what are you doing on your phone? Aren't you supposed to be at work? No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're so glad that Lexi is here to go ahead and join us. Um, and uh, Lexi, if you didn't see my phone. And I want to tell my friends here that uh, the uh, episode that we streamed last week, the um, the OVA episode, OVA number nine, uh, gl the glitch breakdown, is uh, currently now available on all platforms. So uh, I know there was a little bit of delay, but that's just because uh, Nate is a busy man, as I, as I mentioned before. And uh, we that was a freaking three-hour-long OVA episode. So, <laughs> uh, But it was some good breakdown. Uh, Kyrie. yeah, yeah. If you couldn't, yeah. Oh, it got it got deleted. Oh, what the hell? That's so. That's 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 tough. Damn. Um, but yeah. Um, what else we got going on today, guys? But anyways, like I said, I just we're all over the uh, the topics. Um, but yeah, the new episode is available. In chat, it got deleted. Oh, okay. So you're trying to send a link in chat. Yeah, Lexi's she's uh, tried doing this before too with uh, with some YouTube videos, and uh, yeah, it's weird. You can't send the link through chat. Um, so, Kyron, if you can, maybe send it over to the Instagram. Yeah, send it to the Instagram. I can go ahead and check that out after the podcast episode. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go and check that out. I mean, I, I can always look it up too. But if um, if you can help me out by sending it, then uh, that'd be very much appreciated but uh good stuff guys lexi while you're here halloween podcast episode october 29th it's a sunday all right i want us to dress up and we're gonna go ahead and do a podcast already gave zach a heads up want to give you a heads up so that we can go ahead and plan accordingly i know halloween means a lot to you lex and i know that you go all out and i i hope that we have uh i hope that we have some good costumes I kind of gave a little bit of a tease about what I potentially could be. Not really a big tease, but it's just the fact that my costume is going to involve a beard. It's going to involve a beard. Yeah. It's going to involve a beard, all right. Yeah. Zeke? <laughs> That's a good guess. Uh, whoa! Spoiler, spoiler. Guy <laughs> calling Lexi manager, calling calling her manager. That's what it is, Lex. Um, yeah, I think Lexi's having. A, I think she's she does what she does well in terms of work. Oh, there you go. I am the manager. Uh, yeah. Um, but I hope you guys are all kind of planning your uh your costumes and stuff like that. And I would definitely love to uh, once we get closer to it and once we uh do uh. 
once Halloween shows up, hey, I want to know what you guys dressed up as. That'd be cool. Lexi, please hire me. I need a new job. <laughs> I have uh, Josh work from home. Do we need to do Lex? Um, but yeah. Alrighty. So. It's too bad we don't have a poll question or Q&A, guys. That'd be fun to go ahead and do right now. But it's all good. There you go. Move to Cali. Yeah, Cali's cool. It's cool, but... Damn, is it hella expensive. Just a random one. Random one off the dome. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, anyways, I gotta go back to work. Uh, keep uh, popping in, Lex. Whenever you can. Oh, Zeke from the paths. Damn. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. About the nails. Um, off the top of the dome. I don't know for the Q and A. I know what we have planned for you guys for uh, for tomorrow, and I don't want to go ahead and, and and say it quite yet. I want you guys to go ahead and find out tomorrow. Um, of course, it's going to be on theme with what we talked about uh, last week with the glitch and the breakdown and all that. But damn, all right, Q&A off the top of my dome. Give me a, you got to give me a, a moment here to go and think about a good one for sure. If you guys have a Q&A, that'd be cool to go ahead and, and, and talk about. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Josh, this would, be, this would be the episode for this weekend. There will not be one on Sunday. As I stated, uh, I'm not going to be in town. Um, I have a trip. And then, uh, yeah. So that's what this podcast will be for this week. But damn. Josh, you know what, my friend? I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some help from you guys. I'm going to need some help with coming up with the Q&A. Let's do that. Let's do that for this pod. We'll go ahead and uh, as we uh, break down uh, what we talk about this episode, I should say, part one of uh, episode 13, season three. If we have any good Q&As, let's go and let's talk about them. That'd be cool. Start thinking, guys. Let's start brainstorming. That'd be cool. Alright, so without further ado guys, while we go ahead and we brainstorm, um, I'm going to go ahead and begin this Titan. Ooh, who's a Titan that is winning in a battle royale? Whew, that's a tough question. But, first one that comes to my mind is, hold on, hold on. Before I ask, before we go ahead and even say, are there any Titans that are off limits? Like, in a battle royale, are we including all Titans? Every iteration of a Titan. Out of the special titans only, okay. I say I uh I haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen. <sighs> yeah. I was thinking how we feel as we made our way. I was thinking how we'd feel as we made our way to Shiganshina. Damn, that's a that's one too where it's like for me as an empath, um I wanna answer these right now. I wanna answer these, yeah. So Starting with the Titan that wins this battle royale. Uh, ooh. <laughs> I can see it going a few ways, but I can see the Titans that are not winning are the Cart Titan or the Jaw Titan. I don't even think the Warhammer Titan wins because of what we just saw from the Warhammer. I mean, granted, 
it's all dependent on the user and who you know and how they're able to go ahead and, and fiercely compete in this battle royale but yeah what do you guys think because heist is saying he thinks they attack titans i'm kind of stuck between <sighs> do we include the colossals transformation i think we do because uh we are including special titans only so i think one that is off limits is see i was gonna say i i think i'm stuck between the colossal and i'm actually stuck between the beast titan i don't know why i could be wrong there in my my thinking here i just feel like the beast titan again it's all dependent on who the user is but warhammer second in, in kyron's eyes um but obviously the titan that is off limits is is the founding titan that the founding titan is well, let's see, they see even Heist is asking too. I think that Aaron's founding Titan is off limits because that's just not fair. Uh, Josh's Beast is the strongest user ability-wise aside from the nuke, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think that in terms of combat, like, besides the transformation from the Colossal, what else does a Colossal have? I mean, it's going to exert so much steam and you can only use that as like a protective barrier for so long. And I just feel like um, somebody like Zeke, if Zeke is in this battle royale, I think Zeke's going to be able to out strategic everybody else. I mean, we're not even mentioning the Armor Titan because I'm thinking that it, we're, we're thinking of Rhyna, right? And Rhyna inside this battle royale, I don't think he's going to be fully invested and fully competitive. I think he's going to go ahead and be his own worst enemy, right? But the Armor Titan would be legit in a, in a battle royale for sure, you know? But again, Zeke. Zeke's a, Zeke's a tough one. A beast versus attack. Yeah, that'd be cool. Especially if it was legit like Aaron versus Zeke. That would be really, really cool. Uh, yeah, Kyron says that. But the Warhammer is so versatile. And uh, it is. But again, I can't help but... Uh, the Beast Titan would struggle against the Warhammer. I think. But again, if the Warhammer user is using the Warhammer ability correctly. That's what I'm thinking, man. You know? That's what I'm thinking. Can the Warhammer Titan pierce the armor Titan's armor? How about the jaw? I don't know. I just feel like the jaw is just going to be be able to evade but not really do much. And, and, and it has to get in close combat with these Titans. And if the jaw Titan gets too close and it gets too reckless, then they're just ripping this jaw apart or they're just going to go ahead and rip the titan apart once they get their hands on on the jaw titan um the beast has good strength seeing as he can chuck stuff at mock speed yeah um and again we have to kind of establish our our setting here like what is the battlefield here what are we working with like we need to know does anybody have like a home field advantage here like what are we talking are we talking just open field like they're out in open field right now Oh, Liberio. Kyron saying season four Falco. Hmm. How about the female? I just feel like the female, although Kyron did really enlighten us with the female Titan's ability, and that is with the mimicry. Um, one thing I will say though, I, I think that there are, there are a lot of these special Titans that we haven't seen their abilities used in their full potential. Like, I feel like the female Titan is a Titan that has so much potential to do some damage and really be a, a force to be reckoned with against the Titans. Like, we already know the female Titan is a force to be reckoned with, with, I mean, against humans, against scouts, you know, like the devastation, the bloodshed. Uh, we should go uh, off users. 
Damn. Give me my guy Zeke all day. What if it was like all time users? Ah, but then I'm thinking of I'm thinking of uh of founding as well when I say all time. He's just too smart and has the reach advantage with them. Yeah. I agree. But like we don't know what Aaron Kruger can do in a battle royale. We don't know what Aaron Kruger can do. Grisha, I don't think Grisha is going to fare well in a battle royale. I feel like Grisha is just going to try to be very, very tactical about it. AOT Smash Brothers, yeah. That'd be really cool. Um, damn, yeah. It's a tough one. But I'm going to stick with my gun. I'm going to say Beast Titan. That's my answer. You know, we'll never find out. <laughs> That's what it is. I like your guys' response, though. I think the uh, Attack Titan has a good ch good shot. Uh, and then the Colossal, I don't know. I I, I, th I felt that the, the Colossal would would do well. How about Dinah? Oh, well, Dinah, she is just a, a Titan of Royal Blood, not necessarily a, um, a special Titan, I think. The only thing that makes her special is, is really her lineage. Uh, Josh says, the Founding is powerful, hypothetically, but considering it's bound for the Vow renouncing war, I doubt it fight. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> She's just a grunt, yeah. She's just one of those kind of... Uh, well, okay, let's establish that. Are there pure t pure titans also in this battlefield? Are they there kind of as obstacles? Are they there to be used as tools? Because if that's the case, then, you know, again, Beast Titan, boom. Zeke. He's got minions. I don't know. Like, think about a full-on battle royale. It's just a full-on all-out war with pure titans running around. We have scouts that are also in the mix of just like not not any of the OG scouts that we know, like any of the characters, but just like scouts in general. Like, you know how they just kind of have whenever you're playing like a, a game, like a battle royale and there's, or whatever, and there's like bots. They're just like generic bots. And then so the scouts would just kind of be the bots. Um, yeah. Dude, that'd be so freaking cool if there's a game like this. You know what I want so badly? And it's because I've been playing the hell out of this game, but that uh, One Piece Pirate Hunter 4... Uh, I like the concept of it. I like it a lot, and I wish that there was a, um, a My Hero Academia version of it. I know they're doing a My Hero Academia, or maybe it's already out, but like the, the Battle Royale idea of it, but I like the style of this uh, Pirate Hunter. Or is it Pirate Warrior? I'm sorry, Pirate Warrior. I like that. Oh. Change that song. I want to expose my guilty pleasure. Um, yeah, but that'd be cool. A lot of cool different ideas. But one thing I do want to go ahead and talk about is something that uh, Josh mentioned earlier about how we would... Uh, <laughs> how we would... Uh, how I would feel knowing that I am going back to Shiganshin if I was on this travel back, right? And I'm assuming that this question is because I am from this district. I'm from Shiganshin and then we're finally going back to reclaim my home. Uh, one, I'd be thinking like, holy crap, this has been a long time coming and I cannot believe it's finally happening, but there has been so much that has happened. There is like, if the events, the events transpire just like how they have been for, for us in this story as watching it as viewers, right? If I am in this reality 
and I have experienced all that, and I have survived to this point where I am on top of that wall, hearing the, the praise from the citizens. As I stated, I would be confused. Right, that was my answer. Uh, but I like that. Josh says, I would feel a bit more confident considering we have Aaron and Levi and the new Thunder Spears. Yes, if I have Levi on my side, I'm feeling confident, right? I, I am. And then Aaron, obviously, Aaron is Aaron. And we love that Aaron is him. And we love that he is humanity's hope. But when we talk about this episode and I get into the actual episode, Aaron can go ahead and fall back into old habits. And he needs some motivation to wake his ass up. Uh, I said, I just help Aaron with the rumbling. But you have to survive the reclaiming of the wall. That's the thing, I say we can't just go ahead and just like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just be here with Eren and just survive through this battle against uh, the Beast Titan and the Armored and the Colossal. No, if you want to be a part of the Rumbling, you have to survive that, my friend. But I know that you would be fighting alongside Flock. I know that. And if Flock survived, hey, if you're right there next to him, that means you might survive too. So, to your point, maybe. But, uh... Oh, I would not be on Levi's squad. I'm telling you right now. If you're in the front with the recruits, I'm going to get... Yeah, I would get shredded for sure. Uh, I think that I honestly... And I, I, I hate to say it, but... I think that I would be in that suicide run. I think. Uh, but again, if I'm, an o, if I'm an OG in this recruit class with... Uh, Aaron, Armin, Mikasa, Jean, Connie, Sasha... Even, you know, Berthold and Reina. You know, then... I think that I am inside the wall, right? Which means that I'm getting demolished. I'm getting, like, blown up by... Yeah, I'm getting nuked. Exactly. So, do I want to get, you know, shredded from the suicide run? Or do I want to get nuked? And if I'm given the option, I'm choosing my death, I'm, I want I want to get nuked. I think that's just... I don't know. Just hang on to <laughs> Well, that's what they do, right? Don't they go ahead and literally, like, hide underneath Aaron? You wouldn't hang with Daz. No, no. Hell no. Daz would annoy the hell out of me. Um. But, yeah. How would I feel on my journey going back to the wall? I would feel... Nervous. I would feel very nervous. Yeah, he is a garrison soldier. I believe. Because there's no way he's he's sticking around to be a scout. And he's not cut out to be an MP either. I know the MPs get a bad rap, but come on now. Like, still. Daz isn't Daz isn't worthy of qualifying to be an MP. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, the MPs are usually top 10. Yeah, that's what it is, man. Yeah, it, you have to go ahead and be the top of your class so that you can get that choice of avoiding being a scout. Now, think about that. Literally, Aaron's class... I want to say... All but two, right? All but two of them chose to be scouts? I know Annie obviously chose to be an MP. Marco was also in that top 10, was he not? And we know Marco was going to choose to be 
Marco was dead set on being an MP. And then John, he was on the fence. You know, I guess through process of de-elimination, if Marco stays alive, that means John also goes to an MP. So that means, I guess, three out of the ten. Um, and think about how that story would change. I feel like John would be even more insufferable. He's already very entitled. If he was an MP and had that MP mindset, oh my gosh, John would be one of the most hated characters in Attack on Titan. Yeah, that'd be brutal. I'm glad. I guess in a sense, I'm glad Marco died. Yeah, I hate John. Marco didn't make it to the graduation, so just Annie. Wow. Second to flock. Uh, yeah, I know Armin didn't make the top 10, which is strange, but I mean, I guess because Armin, in terms of, uh, just training, we know that Armin, he's, he's not doing well in combat, he's not doing well in physical training. Armin is the brains. And being <laughs> second to vlog and being the most hated. Yeah, Jean for sure. And that's if Jean was MP. Or maybe Kyron's saying Jean is already second. <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I don't... Honestly, Heisei, I don't know how you like Flock so much. <laughs> I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but then Flock does his Flockish things, and uh, then I'm like, okay. Future events, you know. <laughs> I think I know why. It's because you, uh, you have your eye on a certain person. Hell, <laughs> luck. Luck. Yeah, yeah, genocide, that's a tough thing to support. Even if it is for the greater good of freedom. Speaking of freedom, Aaron in this episode says that F word again. Mentions freedom. Freedom! Um, yeah. Good stuff, guys. But, uh, keep them coming. If you guys have any more cool questions, we can go ahead and definitely talk about them. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and now jump into the episode. And again, guys, this is Season 3, Episode 13. This is the town where everything began, and this is Part 1 of our episode breakdown and discussion. Here we go. And as I stated, we get some recap, so we don't have to necessarily go into a, a recap. This is going to be Narrator the Armin uh, explaining and recapping for us. So here we go. The episode begins as Narrator the Armin explains. Before its fall, while Maria contained a third of what usable land remained to humanity, five years ago, when humanity lost its territory from behind their last two walls, the people realized something. Humankind is fated to become extinct. Defeat was certain. The blade of despair pierced our hearts. We hear a young, intensely frustrated Aaron with tears in his eyes and fists clenched so tight, saying, I'm gonna put a stop to this. I'll kill them all, every last one. And narrator the army continues. But then, someone grasped that blade and wrenched, turned sorrow to rage, and lashed out at the titans, striking the monsters down with earth-shaking force. When humanity first saw this, what was in their hearts then? And some, a stalwart pride, as we see Mikasa, and others, newfound hope 
as we see Armin and some beat with that first warrior's rage as we see Aaron. So if Walmaria were taken back, what would the people feel then? Would they finally start to believe in mankind and the fact that we deserve to live? Would they see at last that our fates are for us to decide? Would it be enough to give them faith if we could reach Walmaria and take it back? Interesting. Now, these are some interesting, interesting uh, sentences that we're getting here from Narrator the Armin. As we get a recap too, we talk about how important Walmaria is. And from what from the looks of it, obviously, if anybody uh, goes and pulls up a picture of the walls, we understand that Walmaria is a large area, large it takes up a lot of that land, as stated here by Narrator the Armin. So to lose that again, that's uh that's very, very critical, right? Or should I say it's just something where it's like, damn, you know, they uh resources were all lost. Shoot. I mean, we saw what it did to the people. The people began to go ahead and literally uh, start almost war amongst themselves. And then you see the hierarchy of where things kind of fall between the poor and the rich. The rich do not want these people to go ahead and start finding refuge over in their walls. Are you kidding me? And then all of a sudden, you uh, add Titans to that mix. As we start getting those breaches, uh, things start getting crazy with Ragako. Um, and then there was that female Titan, an attack Titan battle over in Stohes in Wall Rose. There's so much that happened, right? And. It's crazy, guys. I mean, it's, it's crazy when I think about the domino effect and then in, in such a short period of time. I cannot believe still that a couple episodes ago, as they are enjoying and celebrating by feasting over on steaks, Connie literally tells them like five months or, or I think it was five months since they, you know, became scouts. <laughs> and then they quickly shot up the ranks to become the new Levi squad. Five months. And Josh says, yeah, they got a ration too. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's absurd to go ahead and think about, but there's so much that happened. And in the epicenter of all of that is Shiganshina. So it's why so it's so important that they're obviously now finally heading back to, to that district. And it's crazy, too, to know that you literally already have our three antagonists, the Beast Titan, the Armored, and the Colossal, are just sitting there waiting for them to arrive. Now, I don't know how much time took place between, you know, when the decision was made to finally go back and the preparation and stuff and to where... The three of those characters with Zeke, Raina, and Berthold being able to kind of like plan accordingly. I don't know the time frame, but I don't know. Doesn't sound good for the scouts. And Josh, you're right. The cart titan. The cart titan's out there. Being very stealthy. Um, just relaying information, I would imagine, over to, uh, to Zeke. 
Which is why Zeke's able to kind of have the upper hand. He's always like a step ahead. And that's why he would win in this battle royale. Because he would have the Car Titan working for him. I'm kidding. The Car Titan's getting demolished. Uh, did you know that you can see the Titans underground? Uh, I did not know that. When? Waiting for Zeke. And so I'm guessing it's going to be a scene that we see uh, coming up, right? When they, they make it over to the walls. Or it's just say we make it over to Wall Maria. Okay. Wow. I'm going to have to go ahead and keep an eye out for that for sure. Because uh, that's an interesting fact. The horse is right right past them. Wow. And it makes this like, all, you know, it just makes so much sense. Because in order for Zeke to have them get transported all there. Like, no, they didn't get transported. They were already there. So, and I'm like, okay, logically... In order for them to transform and be in that certain place, they would have to be humans. But obviously, Zeke didn't do that. So, wow. This goes to show, again, like I kind of stated about how Zeke and, 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 well, really, probably just Zeke, is just planning for the arrival of the scouts and planning for uh, the arrival of, of the coordinate, Aaron. You know, obviously, his brother, who... He knows he needs to go ahead and, and, and take with him to uh, Marley. So why Zeke, man? Zeke, he's a... Uh, he's a tough one. You know? But yeah, so again, with, with Narrative of the Armin, uh, we understand again how crucial that territory and that land is over in Walmaria. But then we talk about the pretty much the consensus like feelings in regards to those monsters, right? Is it with humanity they, they essentially go ahead and, and accept them as as they're basically dead. Right? As soon as those walls go down, they're all going to die. Right? We hear early on that, like, Aaron refers to the people inside the walls as cattle. We're all just cattle. Right? Waiting to get slaughtered. Um, the mindset was just, if these walls somehow break, humanity will fall. Humanity will be gone. So, that's why I like it when we have narrator the Armin asking questions like this, where he says, when humanity first saw this, what was in their hearts then? Right? And again, he's talking about that in regards to humans fighting Titans. And like I said, prior to that, if the walls go down, we're dead. We can't do anything. Well, guess what? Part of the wall goes down, and they start seeing, like, scouts fighting for humanity against these monsters. What was in their hearts then? And again, we get a, a cool kind of way of describing of our three characters that we love so much in Mikasa and Armin and, and Aaron. Hey, SP, what's up? So SP says, I can't stay on to listen tonight, but I just wanted to jump on and say, hey, I love you all and have a great weekend. Thank you so much, SP. I hope that you have a great weekend too. Um, and uh, 
We love you so much, and we hope that uh, we get to see you here with us on Sunday of next week. We'll be back Sunday. This week is just a little different, but SPs appreciate the love so much. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. Um, I said my favorite scene is when Zeke tosses Aaron the baseball and he doesn't catch it, showing he doesn't agree with the plan. Yeah. Yeah, the, the weird kind of uh, what that really kind of shows, I guess. You know, of like, I guess that's what he's showing. Is that Aaron doesn't agree, per se. But also, too, wasn't there something about them obviously not being able to go in touch? I know that Zeke even says, like, like I would shake your hand right now, but, you know, he understands he can't do that yet. Um, I wonder, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Maybe uh, Aaron just didn't catch it for the sake of, like, again, like, I'm not going to play your game. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, so as far as the tie-ins, Zeke setting this trap is crazy. There's so many Eldians in the ground. Yeah. Again, that's just... <laughs> I don't know. The more I think about or even find out details like this, it's like... It is unsettling to go ahead and see what steps Zeke is willing to take to... Be victorious. Now, Zeke is the type of person to definitely be like... Um, I think what what sacrifice? Well, obviously it happened. You know, we see that. Um, they lost the colossal, but I think that Zeke would be willing to go ahead and sacrifice one of those titans if it meant getting Aaron for sure. You know, Ooh. I gotta go into this picture real quick that Josh sent. Um. Ooh, Kyren also sent the link. Perfect. Oh, shoot. Damn, Josh. How the hell did you see that detail? That is such an easy to miss detail. Oh my gosh. Like, you asked me about how I would feel about traveling back to Shiganshin, alright? I would be that scout on that horse, just, like, riding right past the, the straws that are over there. I would show you guys, but it's kind of, it's kind of tough to see. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of tough to see. Yeah, I wish I could go ahead and find a way to go show you guys. Uh, I guess I can go ahead and always send it to, yeah, I'm going to send it over to, to Jacob as well. And if anybody else wants to see it, let me know. I can send it as well. But, uh, yeah, so I sent it to Jacob. So you can go ahead and see, you got to, you have to zoom in a little bit to go ahead and, and see the straw that, that Josh was talking about. And... It's such an easy to miss detail, but it is a beautiful detail. My gosh, yeah, that is that's a, that's a great detail, and that is something that Zeke thought about. How crazy is that? The hell! But uh, yeah. So going back to kind of here with narrative the Armin uh, and uh, describing our characters. I mean, shoot, he talks about pride, right? We see Mikasa. 
He talks about hope. And we see Armin. Talks about rage. And we see Aaron. And then we get these questions. Armin, uh, narrated the Armin, excuse me, says, If Walmaria were taken back, what would the people feel then? Would they finally start to believe in mankind? We saw that they started to believe a little bit. Maybe they weren't fully believed. Maybe it was just a small dose of little admiration that they showed the scouts when they were kind of like celebrating them on their their send-off. Um, maybe that wasn't hope. I don't know. But would they start to believe in mankind? And he says, in the fact that we deserve to live, again, as I stated, these people were like, damn, the walls go down, we're dead. I think that mindset has changed now for sure. He said, would they see at last that our fates are for us to decide? Now that's something that's interesting there, that specific quote, because we're going to see that certain characters are going to actively make sure that they decide from here on out what fate has in store for them. And you know who I'm talking about in one in particular. <laughs> the freaking puppet master. Um, but then he just says, would it be enough to give them faith if we could reach Walmart and take it back? To be determined. We know that they are able to go ahead and, and, and reclaim it. They are able to go ahead and, and take back the wall. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. Very, very cool. Wow, that's a very, very cool detail for sure. I like it a lot. What how Irvin feels. How he feels about uh, what exactly again? I lost my train of thought a little bit. Sorry. About heading to the Shiganshina, I'm guessing. I would imagine anxious as hell. Yeah, like you said. But I think that this is something that Irvin has been craving for so long. So here's the thing with 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 Irvin though, is that one they're going to reclaim, right? This territory that's so important, but also there is that important detail of the cellar. Now, I guess you can argue that's the only reason why they're going back is to the cellar, right? And I think that would be factual. That'd be true. That's the only reason why they're going back. There'd be no other reason to go back to there. They would just be a lost cause. They would lose that territory and be okay with it and just kind of survive and persevere as they've been doing. But... I think that uh, that Irvin is anxious, as you said, Josh, but also uh, excited. Well, I guess maybe anxious and excited is kind of the same term, but um, knowing that this is something that he has been uh, fighting for his whole life after his father died, like that is uh, something that has motivated him to become a commander, right? So that he can go ahead and lead these expeditions. So that he can go ahead and get that much closer to the truth. Yeah, Irvin is uh, 
I feel like the closer he gets to Shiganshina and that cellar, definitely the more anxious he gets. Um, yeah, there could be definitely a sense of confidence because again, um, we saw how the some of the scouts reacted to to Irvin and him getting really really juiced up and and excited and and motivating the the citizens who were praising them or I guess to say giving them you know the support. Some of them were a little confused by it. Some of them were caught off guard by Irvin's confidence. But yeah, I, mean, I think that maybe Irvin does feel confident, even though Levi was so adamant about making sure that he does not even attend and be a part of this mission. Um, but yeah. And to answer your question, I say, I think Irvin is a man of principle. He has morals. He would not support the rumbling. Are you kidding me? He would be much like Armin. And he would probably despise himself for being a colossal titan. Now, this is what I think of. And for anybody who... Anybody who knows Tokyo Ghoul. And has seen Tokyo Ghoul, right? A character that I really enjoy. And... Uh, I don't want to say too much for people who haven't seen it, but I believe his name is Amon. And something happens to him that changes his mindset. I think that that would be a similar thing with Irvin. Irvin now would have this mindset of like, wow, I have become the monster. I have become this force of destruction. But yeah, who knows? Josh says Irvin would join with Marley to save the world. Yeah, at this point where we're at in the story, he's definitely uh, taking part over in this battle to uh, to shut down Aaron and his genocide. Yeah. But that's kind of a little example that I kind of was thinking about when we're thinking about uh or even how we would feel about, you know, just the rumbling. Okay, there it's going. All right. Josh, if he's so obsessed with life being outside the walls, why would he try and eradicate that? Exactly, yeah. I mean... Really, the only buddy that's the, the only person that is on board with this plan was Flock. Am I wrong in that? Because everybody else, I think that who was um, just on board and supporting it, were just supporting it out of fear from Aaron. I think that Jean. That's Jean for you. What, just think about that. That's so weird too. Just thinking like the idea that Jean is in support of an action that is led by Aaron of all people. That's interesting. But. Obviously the majority of our of our uh, characters here. <laughs> Genocide is uh, is no bueno. 
but Irvin most definitely would not be in support of the rumbling. I think about how difficult it'd be for Irvin in that moment, in that scene where our beloved scouts, our beloved soldiers, I should say, that drank the wine and became titans uh, inside, uh, where were they at? I want to say it was over in Rose, where Pixis and Niall all became titans. How difficult would it be for Irvin to go ahead and have to want kill them? Or let alone just witness them becoming these monsters. Yeah, that would be uh that'd be tough. I even hate seeing Pixis and that still that 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 moment we get when he's just looking up trying to go ahead and reach for these soldiers and it's just Pixis. Just say he's he's overgrown uh, the government before, but I don't know if he'd sacrifice all of them. Picked up by Flock, yeah, Flock was a part of that for sure. But then Flock gets duped. All right, so I'm gonna continue on, guys, with the story. So now we're uh, pretty much over in present time here with our scouts, and it says that the scouts. Travel back to Walmaria. It's night, and the scouts are carefully traveling in the dark. As Captain Levi has his resting bitch face on, a scout behind him trips and falls to the ground. Captain Levi turns around and tells a soldier, Slow down. Make sure the ground is lit. The soldier responds, Right. Sorry, sir. Captain Levi now asks the scout directly next to him. Will we get there soon? It's just about dawn. The scout answers as he looks at a map. Well, once we get over this mountain, Shiganshina should be close by. And the scouts continue on as we now see Aaron with Armin and Mikasa. Aaron tells Mikasa, I'm sorry that you got stuck with my horse. As Mikasa leads both her and Aaron's horse, as she tells Aaron, Don't worry about it. You should be saving your energy. Aaron responds, Yeah, I get it, but still. But then Connie, trailing closely behind, interrupts. She's right, Aaron. We need you at your best. But then Jean scolds Connie. Don't say his name, dumbass. And Connie immediately feels guilty. Sorry, I forgot. Jean reminds Connie, Act as though we're surrounded by enemies, always. And Jean then looks up. And what does he see? He sees a titan nearby. Jean immediately alerts as he shines his light on the target. Titan on the left! Everyone halt! Light up the area! And as Jean and the others shine their lights in the Titans area, Hanji joins them. It's alright. Pretty sure he's asleep. Doesn't look like this one is one of the new types that can move around at night. Well, isn't that a shame? Leave him be. Well, the scouts, they lower their lights and they continue. And then Aaron 
looks back at the sleeping titan and then says, I can't believe we had to get that close to notice this thing. And Hanji, listening, she replies, Yeah, I'm with you on that point. But it's worth it. The moonless night is protecting us. Light from the moon is really just reflected sunlight. And from what we can tell, that minuscule amount of reflected light is all these new titans need to move on. It's good that we're using the new moon's cover. There's no guarantee that we won't have a repeat of before. Thinking about before is the uh, that night over at the castle of Woodguard, where the titans are moving at night. Anyways, continuing. For all we know, that sleeper might have been a moonlight titan himself. Maybe we can capture one someday. And as Hanji, she thinks about it and gets excited, we see Eren with his eyes to the ground, focusing. And then we see his hand trembling as he lights the ground. And then Eren thinks to himself, I'm shaking. Why? What am I scared of? Shit. What if I screw this up because of my nerves? What'll happen? We'll never get a chance like this again. If we fail, the hopes of countless people will be crushed. And through some twist of fate, it's all on me. How? How could I save humanity? I'm useless. I'm nobody. Aaron then grabs a hold of his arm to try to steady himself. Mikasa notices as she asks him, Are you okay? And Armin then asks, What's wrong? You're shaking. Are you scared? And Aaron looks at Armin. And then with this fake confidence response, Huh? No! Of course I'm not scared! And Armin tells Aaron, But, look at your hand. Seems like nerves to me. And Aaron continues his facade. This is just because it's cold out here. I feel like my hand's going to freeze off. And then Armin replies. Is that it? Sorry, Armin replies. Is that all it is? I've been shaking a bit too. And I'm terrified. Look at me. I can't really tell if you've ever been afraid of Titans. That fear is all-consuming for most people. It was for me. The first time I saw a titan in the flesh, I was so frightened, I couldn't move. Yeah, I was gonna die. Then you came and pulled me out of a titan's mouth. But how did you do it? Where did you find the strength? Aaron answers. I had a flashback to the day that you showed me your parents' book. Before then, I'd never even consider the world beyond the walls. I would just spend my days staring up at the clouds. But then, I heard your story and saw the look in your eyes. They were filled with this amazing dream, like nothing I'd known for myself. That's the day I realized 
that I'd never been free. There's an F word. The world was as vast as our cage was small. Those monsters had stolen it from us. Once I realized that, I couldn't forgive them. Couldn't tell you why, but when I think of that lost freedom, I feel strong, fearless in a way. And Aaron notices that he's no longer shaking. Thanks for that, Armin. I'm good now. Then Armin smiles at Aaron. Aaron continues. Know what? This time next year, I bet we'll be looking out at the sea. Then Mikasa suddenly hears water running as she looks around curiously. Mikasa then says, This area, it's familiar. I think we came here for firewood. And then we get a glimpse of our characters, Young, from season one, episode one. Aaron waking up from that dream. Mikasa with firewood, firewood gathered. Excuse me. We see those distinct flowers whenever Aaron and Mikasa are together. Aaron looks around, remembering. But then, they're all interrupted by a scout announcing, I see the foot of the mountain! To be continued. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I get so sad when Hanji crushes Flock. One of my favorite moments in Attack on Titan. Yeah. I kid, I kid. Uh, you heard the Tokyo Ghoul music. Yeah, there's a. We got uh, currently some Cabo Bebop going on with Ed. Edward. Uh, Sleepy Titan. Okay, so Sleepy Titan. Let's talk about the references of Sleepy Titan because it's something that Hanji, who obviously she knows her Titans. Um, this Titan scares the crap out of Jean, rightfully so, because you guys are traveling. SpongeBob references. At night, right? Yeah, they're over traveling in the dark of night, and uh, and it's already terrifying. We talked about it with uh, with last week with the uh, the glitch frame by frames, and there was that weird frame of like Titans kind of hovering and gathering around you, looking down at you in this darkness, just with their evil smirk, right? And again, I told you guys what I thought about was with um. When they were traveling over at night, trying to go and see where this sudden breach is, right? And then Gelger all of a sudden starts panicking, and he, that's what he he pictures in his mind. He starts picturing them surrounding them in this dark and just like smiling at them, like, "Oh yes, just any minute now, I'm gonna go ahead and just we're gonna kill you." Like the mind starts racing, and here they are again traveling at night, and they see this Titan, and it's asleep. Thankfully, Hanji's able to go ahead and kind of calm him down, saying it's not one of those sleepy titans. Or I should say, it's not one of those titans that is active at night. And let's talk about why. Why they were that active. 
Two words, right? Two words. We've talked about them so much in this podcast already. Beast Titan. Beast Titan is the one that was able to go ahead and make these Titans active at night. Am I am I right in that thinking? Because in that scene, we see the Beast Titan who was literally climbing over on the wall, right? Sitting down, just watching and enjoying what he just created and what is, in his eyes, going to be the, the destruction of these scouts. And obviously, we get that sudden arrival of the Jaw Titan, which was awesome. Loved it. You know, Ymir, she's badass. Hate to see her leave. Don't know why she left. Pisses me off thinking about it. But she's gone. But those are the Titans I'm guessing that Hanji is referencing. Is those Titans that are moving around at night trying to go ahead and get after them. The ones that killed uh, two very strong allies in Gelger and Nanaba. And, uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, Another, those were some more sad deaths for sure, because you have a character that is so mentally strong and Nanaba get literally broken to a point where she's like, like transferred back to freaking her like youth where she's like 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 pleading to her father like dad like dad like father i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like she got that fucked up mentally from those titans from zeke prior to that whenever we saw nanaba she was this very stoic fierce confident leader who was so good at just maintaining morale keeping everybody upright and and, and focused she was another person that was leading these scouts in the dark. She's literally crying for daddy. How fucked up is that? And then you have Gelger, like Josh is saying, where his motivation is what? I just want a drink. Please, there's so much to ask for. God, what kind of cruel joke is this? When he finally finds a freaking bottle of like, of alcohol. I'm guessing it was some sort of wine. Or maybe they said it was something else, but that shit was gone. Couldn't even pour one out for the homie. And then they died so tragically. Nanaba, pretty much like Mike, getting shredded and ripped apart. And then I guess, thankfully, Gelger got freaking knocked unconscious when he got ripped and, and, and pulled and, and he fell and he hit the side of the freaking castle. I guess maybe good for him, but... You lose two important pieces right there because of Zeke. Damn, dude. We're really uh, giving Zeke his flowers in this episode, huh? Um, Haisa has an interesting question. But before I get to the question, Haisa also says that I'm not looking at them before I die. I'm going to close my eyes and picture... Rico. There you go. That's the mindset right there. For, for a moment there, I thought you were going to say that I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to picture Flock. Ah. Uh, uh, JK, JK. Um, 
but back to Heist's question, yeah, so he says, why? <laughs> says, why is Ymir's Titan very small? And that's a great question. I think a, a, a good question that, that kind of like I can piggyback off of it is, why did Ymir's Titan form not change at all from her pure Titan form? I should say her jaw Titan form changed from her pure Titan form. Because we see that when we go ahead and we, uh, we go to those episodes where we talk about uh, Ymir's story, right? And how she end up joining the scouts. Um, and we understand that her childhood or lack thereof was very, very difficult. Being very being homeless and then getting scooped up by these uh, members of the, the church to go ahead and praise the Order of the Walls, I believe, of, of their... Pretty much they go ahead and name her Ymir because Ymir is the founder and uh, and they go and they praise this this child but then once all hell breaks loose and the freaking you know essentially the, the police go ahead and they raid the, the the church they all point the finger at the girl at the little girl and what does she do? She buys into the fake praise and the fake support and she goes and she's like, you know what? These people love me so much that I'm going to go ahead and protect them. I'm going to stand up for them. And she does. And for what? All those people just sold her out like that. But she's crafty. She's able to go ahead and, and survive. Which is why it pisses me off so much that she just gave up her life. I've been on record to say before, guys, that is my biggest pet peeve in Attack on Titan is the fact that Ymir was so willing to just give her life to Rhina and to Bertold because she accidentally murdered their friend, Marcel. Like... I think about how the story could have been, and obviously we know that, yeah, I, I understand she felt obligated, that's her way of kind of like, because they didn't get, uh, because she saw that Rhina and Bertold lost, they didn't get Eren, so here, I'm, I'm the consolation prize. Nah, hell no, fuck that. No, you don't get a consolation prize. You guys lost. I'm gonna go ahead and chill with my friend slash lover potential lover in uh, the queen historia think about that she could have been sitting there pretty with the queen she would have been the queen's like primary defense now I'm not going to say the scouts wouldn't have used her in war as, a, as a, an ally but I think that if queen historia tells her subjects that's probably not the right term but tells the people the citizens over the walls that you know hey i don't want her to be a part of this war i want ymir to be here with me and protect me i think they'd be okay with it be like all right fine the queen said all right and yeah josh says because they saved her from that nightmare of being a pure titan of 60 years yes yes they did but i don't think that she should have just given up her life so willingly. I think about her 
even though she said that she doesn't have a future, that they don't have a future, talking about her and Historia, they don't have a future in that wall, in the walls. She was so wrong. And it's so sad to see her. The next time we see her, she is there over in that ritual that they usually do where she's tied up and being prepared to to get eaten by by Porco. Damn. And think about that. That and again, am I wrong in thinking that the reason why Marcel was in that position to begin with is because of Rhina? Am I wrong in that? Is Rhina the catalyst of all this? Did Rhina cause Marcel to go ahead and get eaten? No. Actually, when I think about it, Marcel saved Rhina. So I guess, in a sense, Rhina is to be blamed, but Marcel risked his life to protect Rhina. And that made Rhina go crazy with his mind, where all of a sudden now he's this leader trying to be Marcel. Um, but damn it. That's my biggest pet peeve. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, Rhino wasn't even supposed to be there yet. I believe they just stopped to go ahead and set up camp and go ahead and kind of uh, plan for what the, uh, you know, the step was going to be. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Rhino was not supposed to be there because um, Marcel was protecting his brother, Porco. So that means that Porco would have been the armored. I guess in a sense he does get armor, but this time it's in a, a jaw titan form. But that'd be interesting to go ahead and see that. Now, let me ask you guys. If Porco was there over in Island of Parody doing this mission and not Rhina, Rhina's still over at home. He didn't he wasn't made out he wasn't cut out to do this. Do Porco, Marcel, Bertold, Annie, do they get the job done? Do they get it done? Are they able to go ahead and, and take care of business? I don't know. You guys let me know. I think Rhina um, did a good job blending in. Porco probably would not be as willing. I think Porco definitely is a, uh, he's not a patient type. I think he wants to go ahead and, and just let's, let, let's just kill these fuckers already. Let's do it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're probably, probably right. Says, uh, Josh says, probably not. The founding type would be drawn out, which was their goal. Yeah. It's true. Hmm. <laughs> he says, well, Ryan, gets what he deserves under the stage with Aaron. I enjoy every minute of that. When Aaron said, I told you I'd make you pay. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, that moment was really, really cool. Eddie with his nice little quote there. The mission has first to begun all troops switch to ODM. Yeah. Um, Josh says, they thought if they would take out a wall, some random Titan would show up. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair assessment, I guess. I 
I wonder what... Do we ever get to see what Marcel's jaw titan looked like? We don't, huh? Do we ever see his jaw titan form? In a flashback. Interesting. Season 4. Because I cannot for the life of me right now even think, even guess as to what his titan form looked like. I hope it's a cool looking one, not like Ymir. Oh, there we go. That's why maybe I was thinking that that one was Porco, but damn. Yeah. So hold on. Can we can we go ahead and talk about this then? Why do Marcel and Porco get such badass looking jaw titan forms? And we get that Ymir form. Why isn't Ymir worthy of that? Why does she just stay as her pure titan form? Her little Humpty Dumpty, I will say there was a big dumper back there, but uh, Titan form. I guess. You know what I was thinking too is that like the reason why they did that is for the sake of the story. Right? I was thinking that the reason why Ymir doesn't change her form and her look and her appearance is because... We want Rhyna and Berthold to recognize her Titan form. Because if she changed to a different Titan form, then they're going to be like, oh, this is just another Titan. This is a new Jaw Titan. Right? I think that because it's the same appearance as when Rhyna and Berthold saw Ymir killing Marcel, then I think... That the purpose of her not changing her appearance is so that they can recall and remember. That's what I'm kind of thinking for the sake of the story. But it could just be as easily as like, you know what? Hey, you've been this Titan for 60 years. You, you are, you're not changing appearances at all. Which, damn it, that sucks. Yeah, I say, who the hell is Marcel? Well, yep, Galliard, yeah. That would be uh, our, uh, our character, Galliard. That, uh, that we do not even really see a whole lot of. Uh, maybe the same with Frida because her founding titan looked like a pure, so maybe it's a gender thing. I don't know. Maybe. That's a great point, too. I never really thought about it in that aspect of just the whole kind of gender aspect of it. It was just like even we kind of <laughs> speculated, like, if the female titan gets consumed by a male what does that mean can a male become a female titan i would imagine no but what does that do to the person then does the female titan become extinct and now we just have our new titan form from a male and in order to become that titan again from a female the female would have to go and eat it if a female goes and eats the I don't know the whole gender aspect of it is interesting isn't it yeah it could just be a matter of compatibility great point stuff I've kind of speculated a little bit I know we've talked about this before over on the podcast where it's like wow if the female titan can the female titan be a from a male user I don't know. Now, what if it was a male? Like, what if I ate 
the female titan. And then I am me. But whenever I transform, I become a female. That'd be weird. That'd be really weird. Because then when I revert back, I'm back to being me. That'd be good for me to go ahead and stay hidden incognito style. They'll never know <laughs> the male Titan yet. I'd probably go ahead and tra transfer into the female Titan. Yeah, I don't know. But that would be badass though because then I get the mimicry. That mimicry ability. But yeah, let's go. Let's kind of see what we're talking about here with our uh, characters. Um... So as I stated, the scouts are traveling at night. They come across that Titan. It's a sleepy Titan. And it is not the Titans that are active over at night, thankfully, for their sake. Even though uh, Hanji, she thinks about the idea of capturing one of them. And she gets so excited about it. Um, but already, after all that, we get Eren. And Eren, at this point, is... Shaking, trembling. He's confused as to why he's shaking. And the more he thinks about it, the more his mind kind of consumes him. The more all of a sudden he starts to doubt himself. And we've seen this Aaron before. This Aaron is an Aaron when he got captured. And This is when he essentially just decided, you know what, he's going to go ahead and die. He's okay with it. He was, he was never even worth anything to begin with. You know, he's a failure. And, uh, and yeah, he's in his own head so much weight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Aaron is at this point where he's just, yeah, he's just, he's lost the will to fight again. You know, this is not what you want on your way back to reclaim a wall. I say ask, can we go into detail of Annie's ability, mimicry? Does she copy off any ability? How does it work? So, as far as all that, I mean, as we haven't seen her using her abilities. Other than just her hardening ability, right? Now, the hardening comes from what? The hardening is that armor from the armor titan, right? Because, or that that's not Warhammer, right? Warhammer is different. Josh says that gets explained in the next part. Interesting. Oh, I says the attack. I guess it's true. There is a hardening there. But uh, there we go. I say we got to wait. We got to wait for the next part. And then we will get our answers. Thanks so much for that, Josh. We can revisit that for sure. As we talk about mim mimicry once we go ahead and we see it. Uh, Josh says hardening is a trait for all the Titans. Really? Wow. Ain't that handy. Does the beast use it? Does Zeke use hardening? I guess for his nape, right? He uses it for his nape. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Fight with Levi. Yeah. But yeah, so Aaron, he's lost the will to go ahead and fight. He's talking about like, what the hell's up with me? What's up with my nerves? What like, oh my God. And then now he starts thinking like, wait, what'll happen? Oh my gosh, we won't get a chance like this again. If we fail, the hope of countless people will be crushed. And it's all on me. How can I save? That is my alarm again. So go ahead and work out. 
Yes. After the pod. Um. But yeah, he he now he it's the same thing we've seen before in past moments here. When like they tell Aaron, if the plan goes south, you need to go ahead and step up, right? You need to do this. You need to do this. And Aaron has the brave faces like, yeah, I can do it. But once the moment asks for it, what happened? When he had to go ahead and deal with Annie for the first time. Well, not for the first time, I should say. When they tried to go ahead and trap her. And she was very, very uh, prepared with the little ring. And then he had to go ahead and try to take her out and, and, and fight her and, and capture her. And he couldn't transform. We've seen moments like this from, from Aaron. And this is another moment where it's beginning to happen. He feels the weight of humanity on his shoulders. Right? He says, how can I save humanity? I'm useless. I'm nobody. I lose that confidence. But then, Jiminy Cricket, our friend, we know how much Heisei loves him. Armin is here to go ahead and try to be a good conscious and uh, try to go ahead and help him and, and calm him down. Remind him of just how strong he really is. And that is essentially Armin just telling him like, look, I'm scared too. Obviously, this is after Aaron trying to just being very, very fake and be like, what? No, I'm just cold. Right? Oh, Armin gets the spotlight. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. What I like to freaking talk about. Armin's my guy right there. He deserves every bit of it. But yeah, Armin. He, uh relates to him and says, look, look at me. He shows that he's shaking too. He's like, I'm terrified too. He goes, I can't really tell if you've ever been afraid of Titans. He says, the fear. It's an all-consuming fear for most people. It was for me. Shoot, the first time I saw a Titan in the flesh, in the flesh, I was so frightened I couldn't move. We saw it. That was annoying Armin. That was crybaby Armin. That was Armin. I was like, just let him die. But no. I mean, shoot. Armin was always supposed to be the guy. Aaron Kruger says so. Where you know Mikasa? She's doing her thing. Aaron Kruger saw Armin is going to be a big, important piece of this puzzle. Yeah, I think everybody hated Armin at first. But then he started growing you and you start seeing the character development and you're like, whoa, there's more to this person. Oh my God, this person is so freaking bright. Oh my gosh, this person is such a great person, has such a good heart. Oh my God, this person is a fighter too. Oh my God, this person, wow, I, I'm rooting for this person. Yep, that's me rooting for Armin. That's my mindset. But anyways, it continues. It says that uh, I was going to die. But then you came and you pulled me out of that Titan's mouth. 
How did you do it? Where did you find the strength? <laughs> I think we're all going to go ahead and cry. It's going to be a sad thing to go ahead and see. Not to be continued. To just see the end. But depending on how it ends too, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> Jaegerus hate it. <laughs> um, but then when Aaron asks, or I should say when Armin asks Aaron, where did you find that strength? Aaron recalls a flashback of when Armin showed Aaron that book. The book. The book that Armin's parents showed, uh, showed Armin. And that is the book, again, of what is out there in this beautiful world. Right? Beyond the walls. As Aaron says, that I would just spend my days staring up at the clouds. But I heard your story. I saw the look in your eyes. They were filled with this amazing dream like nothing I'd known for myself. And that's the day I realized that I had never been free you know how much that means to Aaron freedom and then he starts getting reinvigorated again with fuel with passion with with rage talking about those monsters that stolen it from us and once I realized that I couldn't forgive them so I couldn't tell you why but when I think of that lost freedom I feel strong, fearless, and that's what did the trick. Just bring up how you're never free. <laughs> You've always been uh, a prisoner in some regard. Then Aaron will get pissed off and he'll be like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to fight for this. There you go. Now it's not even about his mom anymore. Remember the mom used to be the motivational tactic? Do this for your mom. Do this for your mom. Now it's like, look, you need to go ahead and fight for your freedom. You want to see the beauty that is outside the walls. Yeah, poor Carla. What feels... <laughs> well, I don't like the way you put that. But Armin is fueled by many things. Starting with tranquility amongst humanity. We're not trying to start a war here, people. Why does there need to be bloodshed? Yeah. What feels Armin? Yeah, at this point, yeah, definitely the sea. Definitely the idea of exploring the beauty, again, that is this world and what the world has to offer. And he's seen it over in this book. He's seen the beautiful icy mountains. He's seen the, the, the beauty of the sea. There's so much to go ahead and explore. There's no reason to stop now, because if I stop fighting, then I'm never going to have the opportunity. But Aaron's good to go now, right? Aaron even says, you know what? This time next year, talking about the sea, he says, I bet we'll be looking out at the sea. Now, let me ask you guys, is it literally a year from now that we get that C moment? Because we know that Aaron has like the somewhat kind of like longer hair. 
Is this another foreshadowing moment here from Aaron in his memories? Is he having future Aaron tell him, like, look, a year from now, you guys will be looking out at the sea. The fact that he says, this time next year, we'll be looking out at the sea. I don't know. I really don't. It could be. Another foreshadowing moment here from future Aaron. Seeing the outside world. But then... Yeah, says, yeah a year, I think. So again, Aaron... Uh, again, he's, he's, he's able to accurately point out an event that's going to take place. Shocker. But then as they're going in, they're traveling through this mountain, right? Back home to Shiganshina. Mikasa hears water running. She goes and she notices. She looks around. She, she has a sense of familiarity. She goes and she recalls memories of being in this same place a long time ago, gathering firewood. And then we get again a glimpse of them. Young. Literally at the beginning of this story. And uh and then they're interrupted as the scout says I see the foot of the mountain, which means that they're, that they're close. And that's where we're gonna go ahead and end it. You guys know I had to wait for Zach and Lex to go ahead and uh, finally get back to Shiganshina. I need to talk about it with them. I need to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, short part of the en the episode, this was just kind of, again, just a little intro in the beginning part of this episode. And it's always so crazy when I think about when we focus on the episodes and, and yeah, there's, there's stuff in between that we go and we talk about. I know we talked about potential little Q and a stuff and all the different cool little questions that we had for each other. But essentially this is six episode or excuse me, six minutes of an episode. This, what we just talked about six minutes. And we're hour 40 into this. I don't know how we're able to do it. But we do it. Uh, if Aaron ever had attacked, he would not be messed up seeing his future. It was inevitable. Aaron somehow was going to go ahead and uh, make sure that Aaron sees the future, sees the messed up events that it's going to happen. Aaron made it happen. Aaron is inevitable. That's what it is. There is no way for younger Aaron to avoid what was going to happen, unfortunately. The Attack Titan Future Vision didn't mess him up. I think we can all agree, though, that the moment that sends him on his path to destruction is when he kisses Historia's hand. That is when he gets that rush and he gets that awakening. He gets that clarity of like, oh, that's the enemy. That's what I have to do. Yeah. Well, that's when Aaron starts becoming real scary. 
But yeah, guys. That's all I got for you guys in this episode. Before we get into some final thoughts there, guys. Um, if you guys have any other little last minute cool little Q&As you guys want to go and talk about, we can go ahead and talk about it before we get to a close here. Um, we still have some time. I knew this was going to be a shorter episode, but I feel like we covered a good amount. It feels weird too. Anytime you go ahead and you stream on a weekday, and yeah, it's Friday. You know, it's a Friday, and uh, again, I'm so thankful for you guys joining me here on this Friday night. Um, but whenever I go ahead and I pod after a uh, full shift of work, there's always something about it that just like, huh. You just feel it in the body, feel it in the bones. You're like, oh man, missing something right now. Missing that juice, missing that energy. Especially when I don't have my friends here, Lexi or Zach. Thank goodness I have you guys. Uh, cool, you guys had the same thought, yeah. Predictions, what do I think? How will it end? Uh, I mean, obviously, with Aaron being announced as uh, the father to Historia's child. I don't know. Um, <sighs> what do I think? What do I think? I think that, unfortunately, the only way to stop all of this is to... To <laughs> kill Aaron. Aaron even said himself, like, look, if you want to stop this, you're going to have to literally kill me. Now, I don't know who's going to do it, and it better not be Gobby. That's all I know. I swear to God, if Gobby is it. Oh, uh, yeah, thanks. I was going to say, I was going to kind of, can I, I was going to have to tiptoe around this a little bit. I don't know anything, but keep in mind, Aaron is on his last year as well. Oh, is he? Has it been 13 years? It has not been 13 years, has it, since he acquired that ability from... Oh, there's Zeke is in his last year. That makes sense, okay. So, Zeke is in his last year, and it hasn't been a good year for him <laughs> so far. I don't know when exactly he got it, when he got the, the Titan. He was obviously very young. But I think it does make sense, though. Oh, okay. He told Zeke that he had four years left. I mean, it does make sense that Zeke obviously would have less time than, than Aaron. But I don't know. I think that uh, I hope that this is how I want it to end. This is how I want it to end. Not how I think it's going to end. This is how I want it to end. I want it to end where 
Aaron goes about his business trying to think that he's doing what he's what is right. But then, much like in this episode, it takes some serious convincing where Armin is somehow able to go ahead and reason with the monster that is the Founding Titan. Armin is able to go ahead and essentially kind of show his truth. I think that Armin is going to be, again, the Jiminy Cricket here of explaining to Aaron what he's doing is, is, is wrong. And unfortunately, Aaron, we know he, how stubborn he is. And we know that Aaron is not going to just listen from the first shot. He's not going to go ahead and listen. It's going to take some multiple opportunities. And hey, Aaron already kicked Armin's ass. I think it's time Armin goes and settles the score a little bit. Let's rough up Aaron a little bit. Let's show him we mean business. Yes, he is a founding titan. Yes, he is this massive monster of a titan. But Armin's not alone. One thing I don't want to happen. I don't want Armin to die. I don't want Levi to die. And uh, is anybody else off limits? Can I see that? I want Jean to die. No, that's probably bad. Sorry, Jean. Um, yeah. Aaron already told Mikasa. Mikasa wanted things to go back to how they were. And Aaron told him, look, things will never go back to how they were. Things have changed forever. I mean, I guess things, he meant him. Um, yeah. That's tough, man. That's tough. There's so many ways that this thing can go. And it's not going to be a happy ending, of course. But in reality, all I want is for our three characters that we all love so much and Armin and Aaron and, and Mikasa to find peace to be happy together in some capacity and to be able to go ahead and move forward with whatever is left with their life <laughs> damn it well it's too bad you could be misleading me a little bit there, Josh. Maybe you want me to go ahead and forget and not hold on to it. And all of a sudden, just boom, it's right there and it happens. I'll be like, damn it. Oh, who knows? Yeah, I agree. The only option at this point is to make sure that the genocide ends. And that is to kill Aaron. It'd be so nice to go ahead and just say, you know what? I told you guys. I told you guys. Aaron and Historia. Baby. What would their child's name be? If you can go ahead and name the child for Aaron and Historia, what would this child's name be? We don't know the gender either. Child's name would be Hysteria. 
No, it would be... Nothing. <laughs> Aaron Flock, Levi <laughs> Jaeger. Um, yeah, who knows? I'm thinking that it would just be another Aaron. The Aaron cycle continues. Aaron Kruger, Aaron Jaeger. And then we get Aaron Rice. Uh, the Marley continent destroyed. I mean, that's a good question because what I remember from what I saw is that obviously like Annie's father is leading this charge of them trying to go ahead and find, uh, you know, refuge. And they're trying to escape their continent. And, uh, I don't know if Marley is destroyed. Hmm. Like, is this battle going to just take place over in Marley again? I would imagine Marley is probably supposed to be in reference to, to Germany, but I'm not sure. I guess the question is, though, is what is still left from the rumbling? So is that because that means Marley's wiped out? I guess that kind of makes sense. You would think that if Aaron's going to go ahead and, and begin this rumbling that he would probably start with with Marley. I don't know. But I guess we'll find out, guys. I guess we will find out. Marley is supposed to be, I mean, excuse me, parody is supposed to be the only thing left. That's all that Aaron wants to go ahead and, and, and survive. Every other threat outside of the island of parody will be gone. Yeah, okay. So I'm guessing that means that like when they encounter Eren, which obviously it ends the final part, uh, the final part that which we have now, um, they're going to go ahead and battle Eren as maybe the, the rumbling continues. Don't know. I'm excited to go ahead and see how this whole, whole thing's going to go ahead and kind of play out. I am prepared to feel sadness and, and pain. Yeah, you're right. The rumbling is, uh, yeah, the rumbling isn't just where Aaron is still millions and millions of colossals roaming the planet. Random question for you guys. You guys think aliens are real? Speaking of planet. You guys think that there are extraterrestrials out there? I think it'd be selfish of us, right, to think that we are the only living creatures. Aliens are definitely real. I think so. Somewhere, I mean, there's 
galaxies all over you different universes there's no way we are the only there's no way that we're the only species of life aside from obviously plants and whatnot hey do you like armin i like aaron we aren't gonna feel the same now yeah true we essentially are the island of parody here over in this planet in this galaxy because we do not know what is beyond our walls um even though there have been many claims to uh to aliens but i agree jacob i think that we are both gonna feel something watching this and it's not gonna be the same feeling That's okay. That's what's beautiful about the story is that there's so many different ways of interpreting the story. So many different perspectives that we get. And, uh, and it's much like even with, I think about my hero academia, like I enjoy the villains more than I do the heroes. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that enjoy the heroes more than the villains. I find myself now watching one piece and I'm like, these villains are pretty interesting. Oh, that's good. The ending won't feel rushed, Josh says, because it's getting a lot more time to flesh things out. Yeah. Ooh, don't even say that. A whole hour and a half, five chapters. Yeah, that's that's insane. I guess. Do we prefer that? Do we prefer having it in bulk of like an hour and a half? Or would we rather prefer a season? Like another season? Like say, for example, this is season four, right? What if they were to split it to be like, okay, like... Season five, whatever, and we're getting these chapters, these last chapters here. Do we want it all at once? Would we like it spread out? Would we like it in episodes? I don't know. How are we feeling about this? I know Josh is saying it's not going to feel rushed, but the final season, part three, the final season, yeah. So many different parts. Shoto is the best Todoroki. You sure about that? He might be Endeavor's favorite, but is he the best? Okay, Josh says, I like the movie version better. Okay. Yeah, that's... That's nice for the sake of not having to go ahead and wait on a weekly basis for a new episode. Right, that's cool. But I also like the idea of spreading it out and, and giving us more time to really process things. You know, talk in, in depth and, and analytically about what we saw and, and kind of again, like we're doing now is just trying to rationalize our thoughts and think about how this thing's going to end. Now, if we go ahead and we just get it all in bulk, which is fine. Again, that's awesome. We're, we're able to go ahead and and see how it ends and process it together. But, yeah. Uh, also, there's still the new project that's going to be announced next month. Whoa. Yeah. I'm guessing this is going to be an AOT project. You know... Really, it's only a matter of time before somebody, somebody announces uh, Attack on Titan live action. 
it's only a matter of time. We, we keep getting these live action iterations of anime. And, uh, yeah. I do have to say, with, uh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yes, yes. I have heard about this. Yeah. You're right, Josh. Um, I was going to say, yeah. So, in, in terms of live action, right, obviously something that was recent is, uh, is live action one piece and so many people appreciated it for its uh, faithful ad adaptation to the characters and the story and and it being uh memorable for a good reason and it being uh, true to the source and showing us the important parts of of whatever the focus was right in season one now for anybody that watches that watched that enjoyed and even was their childhood of dragon ball z or just any dragon ball in that capacity even if you're still watching it watching it dubbed because Sean Shemmel is the voice of Goku I saw something today he spoke about the live action adaptations of anime and he pretty much left it at this like look nobody nobody has found a way to adapt anime into live action because it's not supposed to be. Makes sense, right? But he also said, hey, look. He mentioned the Dragon Ball Evolution one. Which again, we all know that's just pure shit. Talk about finding the essence of the character and what makes them them. Like they, that was, there was misses all over the place there. But... Sean Chimmel brought it up and he talked about that as an example for a, a miss for a live action, which is the example for an absolute miss. And then he talks about One Piece. And he says that it was terrible. He says that. Again, this is from the mindset I think of him being adamant that anime... It's not supposed to be live action. Which, hey, yeah, that's a great point there. But to say this live action adaptation of One Piece was terrible, I think that's kind of tough to say. Because I enjoyed it. Even um, even Josh right here said, or excuse me, even Jacob here, Heisis says, I finished the live action, I loved it. Yeah, you know? This is coming from Heisis, it's coming from Jacob who would talk shit about One Piece in chat. Now, now you see, my friend. Uh, yeah. I agree. Josh said, it's an adaptation, people. They need to stop comparing and trying to do like a one-to-one -one comparison. Yes, I agree. I think Sean Schemmel really has uh, investment in it because obviously he's, he's a part of, of anime, right? Oh, nice. Got your own Luffy hat? Hell yeah. I liked it a lot. Got your own straw hat. Um, Are you are you watching? Are you going to go ahead and watch more One Piece? I mean, when I say that, like, are you only going to watch live action? Or do you need more One Piece content? Do you need to go ahead and watch more as in you're watching the anime? Or are you going to go ahead and maybe watch the anime? I know you said on your deathbed. You know, you, I don't know, 
or aren't going to go ahead and watch it, which is fine. You know, you can only watch for the live action, and, and that's great because from what we've seen, the live action adaptation just shows you really the important parts. Now, we all understand that uh, Ichiro Oda, the creator, announced that season two is happening. Uh, episode four of the anime. Does that mean you started it, or does that mean that on your deathbed you'll be on episode four? Um, but I know that uh, Oda announced that Netflix uh, is going to go ahead and greenlit season two, <laughs> One Piece. Ugh. Um, yeah, I know, but we're, it's kind of on the topic of live action adaptation And this is what I'll say about the live action adaptation. We're not talking about the anime is that Netflix is going to go ahead and do season two We're all aware of that Shocker, right? Obviously it, it shattered the the views in Blah 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 um, But I saw something where like Netflix would like to do six seasons Six seasons that's insane think about these young adults that are portraying the straw hats and how much older they're going to be they're going to have that stranger things uh issue where all of a sudden these characters are aging very very rapidly and thinking about even luffy's character i mean granted he's still i think 20 years old but he is going to go ahead and grow up to go ahead and become this person that i don't know I would love to see the adaptation go ahead and go on for as long as it can, but it's tough with real people. Um, but Josh says, uh, I think the live action is a breakthrough for anime. I think if it's good, then it's going to be a gateway for people to go ahead and watch the anime, which is good. I mean, the more the better, right? It's just like if we're here talking about this, uh, you know, live action Attack on Titan that was announced and then whatever time frame wise, all of a sudden it, it gets released and we, we start watching it. Right. And we're like, here we are in this podcast, like talking about like, wow, it is actually good. Like the actors, they do an amazing job of portraying the characters. The story is accurate. They, they talk about the important parts of the Attack on Titan live action. And then obviously us as fans and have seen the anime for people who have only seen the live action. If that is their way of watching the anime then that's good uh <laughs> i say i say you dirty dog you uh started it i even got some statues of nami boa and robin yes they have bathing suits on um do you want me to sign them? I'm kidding. Do you want to bring them over? I'm kidding. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, again, whatever it takes for you to go and start watching it. But if you just started it, my friend, you just need to commit. Commit to it. Commit to One Piece. And when I say this, I say it with, with all the love in the hopes that you will continue watching to that point because then it's going to get really good. But you just need to get to Water 7. And where the hell is Water 7 at? 
shoot, I want to say that's probably like 400 episodes into it. Let's say that for the for the sake of this quick conversation here. After 400 episodes, then shit starts getting good. <laughs> or you just need to commit. Um, yeah, Josh says a live action Attack on Titan can easily be done. It's only 87 episodes. Yeah, and it will be done by our friend Eddie. Eddie's going to go ahead and he's going to work his way to becoming uh, the right person for this job. It's being done with One Piece. I think about one of the showrunners. I think his name is Matt Owens. He is a huge fan of One Piece. And he's the one that's kind of... Not kind of, he is. He's the one who is the showrunner. He's the one who is calling the shots except for Oda. He's speaking, literally, he's working with Oda. Now, Eddie. Ooh, let's think about that for a second, guys. Eddie works his way to go ahead and, and be the person to go ahead and do this live-action Attack on Titan. He gets to work with Isayama. Oh, my gosh. That would be a dream. That would be a dream. As I said, Eddie, hey, think about your boy here for a potential role. Let me go ahead and read for some characters, you know. We can see what we're working with here. Would love that. I know Heise would want to go ahead and be Flock. Josh, who do you want to be? Who would you go ahead and read for? No audition for. As Josh says here, Oda's very proud of the, li the live action, yeah. I've heard the same too. Hi says, I even got a Gear 5 statue, but yeah, I watched the episodes both sub and dub. I can't decide. Oh, you know what? Zach told me. You asked him. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that for you, Hi said, being a fan of the dubbed, right? You've watched dubbed anime before. Um, at the same time, though, it's like, damn. I think Zach was right, though. You got to go ahead and really kind of decide for yourself. So I guess you're on the right track here of watching both of them until you decide. So yeah, I guess Zach gave you good advice. Uh, but Josh says, I hear Isayama loves feedback from the animation director and his editors. They influence the story a lot. That is cool. Can you imagine like working and kind of collaborating alongside the, the creator of this story and you being able to have someone to influence if it is, you know, good advice, good feedback? Like... Hell yeah. That's awesome. And I think I've even stated on this before. I've stated on this podcast before that. If I was working in some capacity with, with, with Hisayama, then shoot, just make me a random Titan in the background. And I'll be happy. You know? If I'm in a story in some capacity, that'd be, that's, that's badass in my eyes. But who would Josh play? Josh says, eh, you know, Aaron or Levi. <laughs> yes. Um, it says, or Porco. He says, I want someone with a death scene. Ooh, that is cool. Damn, that is cool. Guys, says, can I get a what if of AOT where Flock and Aaron rule the world? <laughs> 
can't say that uh, that's something that Eddie would, um, you know, creatively want to collaborate with you on that aspect. I think that Eddie was, is okay with, with, with how the story is now. Uh, <laughs> maybe you'd have to have that conversation with Eddie. Um, but damn, that's a good point there. Death scene. You know what? If I'm doing death scene and... I mean, I guess for me, it's an off-screen death. And I've talked about this before with, with, with Eddie. And I will read an audition to be Grisha. I know. I'll do it. I'm not a fan of what I've seen recently with Grisha. Very, very uh, manipulative. Oh, hell yeah. If I can go ahead and be Oduo, that would be cool. But I'm too old for that, though. You could be Moblet. That would be cool. Hell yeah. I like that. I'll be Moblet. Get to go out in a nice, heroic way of saving my old pal. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like where your mind... Uh, <laughs> Oda was old. What do you mean? Yeah. The oldest 19-year-old I've seen. Yeah, Moblet's a cool, cool character. I don't mind being somebody that is often forgotten, but you know what? When you realize what he stands for and what his morals are, then you 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 respect him, especially with how he went out. And that'd be cool. I could be 19. Honestly, if I shave the beard, then I, I will look like I'm probably like 25. I want to be Porco because he has some cool scenes and dies saving Rhino. Yeah. Yeah, Porco is a cool character for sure. That means you have to wait until season four. Um, what was I going to say that I would be okay with being Nami's supposed to be 18, but the actor is 13. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I was surprised to go ahead and see that. That uh, Emily Rudd, I believe, is that her name? That she is the oldest uh, of the actors who are playing Straw Hats. The other ones are like 27, 26, with the exception of Luffy and Yaki, I believe it was like 20, as I said. But yeah, 30. And damn, does she look good for a 30? Am I right? Hey, guess who just turned 30? Holler at me, Emily. Hey, guys, let's make Emily a fan of this podcast. Let's have her join us in chat. Just start tagging her. Tell her to, to watch Attack on Attack the Talk. Let's spam it until it becomes a thing or until she hates us. Hi, said you would be. If Haisei knew that his Nami was in chat, bro, you're 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 busting every comment for sure. She'd be a Jaegerist? Hell no! Although Jacob would do his 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 damnness to to uh, convince her. Let's do it, guys! Spam it. She's got to have an Instagram. (laughs) 
Just literally just spam just like the Attack to Talk podcast, Attack to Talk podcast, Attack to Talk podcast, and all like all their posts, Attack to Talk podcast, Attack to Talk. It's a point where we will get acknowledged at some point, and then we will get a restraining order. <laughs> she'll be like, who the fuck is this person? And then she's going to go, you know what she's going to think it is? She's going to think that it's me. And I'm going to be known as this creeper. And then I'm never going to have a shot at trying to join the cast in this live action One Piece. I will take the fall for you guys. It's okay. I'll take the fall. If it meant the acknowledgement from Emily Rudd. Bro, she is... She's an anime fan. She has to like Attack on Titan. She has to appreciate it. Right? <laughs> you imagine if she somehow was auditioning for like Attack on Titan and all of a sudden like I go into audition for... For mobile and somehow they go ahead and they kind of like will somehow cross whatever with actors she's going ahead and she's trying to be like let's say for example she's trying to be petra okay can we we can see emily rudd being petra right we can see it and she's auditioning for it and i go in la da da da, -da. hey guys name's aj i'm auditioning uh for mobile where do I wait? I'll go ahead and wait over there with the group of people. I walk into the next thing you know. <gasps> oh shit. And Emily's like, no. The next thing you know, security is escorting my ass out of the building. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> hey, what's up, Emily? <laughs> I'm like, hi. Nice to finally meet you. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I I I have to stay. Away from... Is this far enough? Yeah, she would freak out. No, no. That wouldn't happen, right, guys? She would be one of us. <laughs> I'll be the Minetta. <laughs> yeah. Minetta is a character where it's like, okay... Annoying while watching, but it would be fun to go ahead and, and portray this goofy character. Who would Lex be? I've always thought that Lexi would be a good Ymir. Obviously, talking about Ymir, um, Krista's Ymir, but. Yeah, Lexi, she can go ahead and, and be a good uh, Frida. For sure. Oh, yeah. If we're talking my hero, then yeah. Then yeah, for sure, Jiro. You guys tell me. What about Zack? Who is Zack in Attack on Titan? And who is Zack in My Hero Academia? What do you guys think? Who is Zach? Oh, I love that a lot. Lamillion. And I think that is perfect for him. Zach is Rhina. Yes. You know what? I like both of those. I agree. 
Zach can be Lemillion. For sure. You know, me and Zach, every week we go ahead and we will uh, practice our uh, practice voice acting and we will um, go through the different manga and, and, and delegate characters for ourselves and stuff. And then so we try to come up with scenes. And whenever Zach wants to do a Lemillion scene, I love it so much because it just it fits him so perfectly. And he's able to go ahead and just capture again. It's about kind of just not just portraying yourself as a character. It's about capturing the essence of the character. Right. And it's so good. I think that he'd be a great Lemillion. And then Rhyna, I think that would be a fun role for Zack. For sure. Zack would go ahead and, and and be this bipolar character. This soldier of a character. Yeah, hell yeah. That'd be cool. That's great choices, guys. Now... Who would you guys cast Lexi as? I know we said who would Lex be, but if you guys were the Omike oh, for Zack, yeah, I think Zack would, would be so happy to be any of these characters. But if you guys were saying, uh, doing like a casting call and you guys are casting for characters and you see Alexi and like, oh, okay, this person has something. Who are you casting Lexi off? Lexi could pull off a good peek or Ymir, yeah. I, I agree. I think Lexi would be, be good job. I don't get something. What's with warrior and soldier thing with Rhyna? So that's the differentiation of Marley and parody, right? So he kind of grew up to be this warrior in Marley, right? But then being a, a, a cadet here in this training, they're training them to become soldiers. He kind of lost that fine line, that mindset where he's like, okay, what am I? What am I? trying to to be and he he went full method in his portrayal of being a soldier that he became so good at and he became so appreciated for being the soldier because as josh stated earlier he was never even supposed to be a titan warrior it's only because marcel was protecting his brother porco that rhina received the ability of becoming the armor titan thus becoming a warrior so when you go from one spectrum and Marley being the runt of the class to going to parody this island where you're supposed to infiltrate and becoming the top tier soldier of your class, his mindset started really playing tricks on him. He started appreciating being this person that a lot of these characters in his class, you know, looked up to him. They looked up to him. He liked it. But that's kind of like the different, like the, the difference there. But what about you, Heise? What says you, Jacob? Who are you casting Lexi as? In oh, you already did. Duh, you said Jiro. Okay. Now, what about me? So, Josh, you decide for Attack on Titan. And, ooh, he said peak as well. Okay. Peak for, okay. So, Josh, you delegate my Attack on Titan role, and Jacob, you delegate my, my Hero Academia role. I am curious to go ahead and see what you guys say. Oh, 
Zeke. <laughs> what about in uh, my hero? In Heise, what do you say for uh, for attack? Moblet. I like it. You know what? You convinced me when you mentioned Moblet again. He's a character where you kind of like. He gets lost in the mix of characters. You know? He doesn't really get the spotlight, which is fine because, truthfully, this may be weird saying because I am the host of this podcast, but I don't really enjoy the spotlight out in public. That's why for me, like, my dream job would be to become a voice actor because I am not physically on screen. My essence, my soul is on screen in these characters, but I'm able to kind of maintain somewhat of a private life. I would, oh, how much of a nightmare would that be if all of a sudden, like, I'm out and about and they're like, oh, hey, 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 whatever, like freaking paparazzi or whatever the case is. If I'm like being these, this actor, I mean, it would be an incredible experience, no doubt, but you lose your, your sense of privacy. But yeah, he is in the mix. Marco would be really, really cool too. But if I'm Marco, I selfishly want Zach to be Jean. I want to have that conversation with, with Zach. I want to tell him that he would make a good leader because he's relatable. It's because not because he's strong. It's not because he's this imposing force. No. It's because people can relate with what you stand for. I want to be Marco to Zach's Jean. You hear that, Eddie? Make it happen. And if we get too old, and this is like years down the line, then I want to be Grisha and you and Eddie, you can make you can make Zach Hannes. I would love to see Zach as Hannes. I'm just Zeke, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also think that he that I would ooh Josh wants to be Aaron Kruger yeah Aaron Kruger is a character where he literally just we we you see the memes shows up one episode and completely just changes the entire dynamic of Attack on Titan yeah that'd be fun but I feel like that would be like a special cameo of like a well-known actor or something <sighs> I don't know because then it would take away from it never mind not a well-known actor yeah it would take away from it you don't want to go ahead and have somebody's big name take away from that whole impact. Aaron Yeager, Aaron Kruger, or the real one. Um, yeah. But, uh, good stuff, guys. Loved it. Love chatting with you guys. Um, I think we should go ahead and get to a close. We're already going, uh, approaching two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, but it's been fun, guys. It's been fun just chatting with you guys, chatting with you, Josh, and chatting with you, Jacob. Uh, thank you so much again for everybody who tuned in earlier. And if you guys are still listening, I appreciate you guys so much. This has been uh, an interesting episode for the sake of me just doing this here solo with my friends there, um, listening and joining me here. Um, yeah, just chill podcast, Adrian, Chad, yeah. That's actually why I'm going to go ahead and, and, and end this because I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get myself some food. But um, 
Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to go ahead because obviously what is the focus of the podcast is to go ahead and, and talk about each episode of Attack on Titan in chronological order, right? But the essence of it is the connection that we have. Like, that's what's cool about it, right? Is to be able to go ahead and just kind of chat. Like you said, we're just chatting. We're just shooting the shit, talking about some uh, some anime. Talking about uh, spamming uh, Emily Rudd. All that good stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, guys, it's... it's this was uh, this was definitely a, a super fun, super chill episode of just being able to go ahead and chat along you guys, uh, chat alongside you guys, and and uh, just go through different kind of topics and stuff. In a way, this was kind of like half um, episode focusing over on the story, a little bit of a half OVA when the new episode drops on Sunday, November fourth. Can we just talk about that? It's a good idea. I think that there's gonna be so much to go ahead and just. Again, take in so much to go ahead and just think about, process, and that'd be fun to go ahead and really just kind of, again, get our thoughts together uh, as a group, collectively, and talk about what we witness. Now, the only thing that'd be tricky about that is for people who haven't seen it, that would be the, the tricky part about it. If we go ahead and we're on and we're, we're chatting live and all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, hey, what are we talking about? I'm like, well, we're talking about this yeah, are we gonna have a podcast on November fourth? Oh, we for sure. If it's a Sunday, we probably will, unless anything changes. You guys know, go ahead and get your updates. Uh, so that is actually a Saturday. So it'll probably be the Sunday, and that Sunday is also daylight savings time. And that's when daylight saving ends. But if things are so freaking crazy and I'm with Lexi and Zach, we might just go on and be like, we have to talk about this. And, we, and if whoever joins us, we, we, we just talk about it. You never know. It might just be that crazy to where we're like, dude, we need to go ahead and just talk about it. You never know. Stay tuned. Yeah. I think that's all we should talk about, really. But it's been fun, guys. So that wraps up another episode of Attack to Talk. This is season three. Uh, yeah. Remember, guys, get your all, all your updates over on Instagram at, at Attack to Talk Podcast. Um, this was a different week. We are here on a Friday. And it's been a nice Friday. Like I said, it was. it's weird streaming on a Friday after a work day of just kind of like, all right, you got to find that momentum, find that energy. But... I'm so thankful for you guys because you guys were able to go ahead and just get me going, man. I love the, the different stuff that we talked about. And I'm like, damn, like, like, let's go. Let's start talking about this and this. And, uh, and yeah, it's awesome stuff, guys. You guys are incredible. I love you guys so much. Um, you guys know uh, this podcast is nothing without you guys. Honestly, we say it. Uh, I say it freaking every single week. But, like, if you guys were not doing this with us. One, there would not be an episode because then that means it would just be me talking in a room by myself. Uh, but if it was just me, Lexi, and Zach, you know, we probably would not be doing this as long as we have. We would not be in season three. Uh, it's because you guys are able to take the time and just join us and appreciate uh, Attack on Titan with us and talk about just a lot of different topics and make these episodes fun. Uh, 
that is the podcast. So, yeah, guys, we'll be back here next week for sure. Want to go ahead and give shout outs to uh, to to Nate, of course. Nate is uh, working hard on uh, the podcast and helping uh, it try to be the best that it can be, and also getting the episodes out in a timely manner. But also, uh, he's he's working hard at stuff that he wants to go ahead and, and put out content wise. We know his channel already canceled. Uh, make sure you guys go and support him and all the different things that he is just um, working hard at, you know? So, Nate, thank you, man, again, for everything. Um, you've helped out in so many ways, and I know that you're always there for, for me whenever I need help with anything and with the podcast. Uh, and uh, he has an answer for every single one of my questions. And, yeah, Nate, you're just an incredible guy, and I'm so thankful for you. So make sure we all support Nate. Uh, of course, I have to go and mention about some merch, guys. Um, make sure you guys go to that link tree over in our Instagram, and there's a link that will take you to uh, Fandomian store. Fandomian, click that Fandomian link, guys, because they have a massive online store of just a lot of different, different stuff. Um, you'll spend a lot of time if you really do take the time to go ahead and browse, um, or you can just go ahead and have something on your mind that you want to go ahead and get. I want to, I want Attack on Titan related. And you go ahead and you start searching it up. Guess what? Boom, 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 boom. You see some stuff you like. Like Heise says here in chat. Use that code. Promo code LEX. Code L-E-X. For a discounted price off of your guys' purchase order. It helps out a lot. Uh, helps Lex out a lot. Whenever you guys go ahead and use that code. So, uh, and the thing that's crazy too is that like... Like I said, Halloween, right? Then there's Thanksgiving, then there's the holidays, you know, it's crazy. All that stuff, before we know it, we're going to go ahead and be shopping for all of our loved ones and stuff, you know? And if you know anybody that, uh, hey, likes anime stuff or likes whatever, you guys can go ahead and maybe do a little shopping or fandom and see if there's anything there that you guys would like to go ahead and get for somebody. But that's down the line, guys. We have time for that. Do some shopping for yourself. You guys work hard, you know? Think about yourself. Buy yourself something. Something nice. And use that promo code LEX. Uh, as I said before, guys, thank you so much again for all of the support. You guys are... You guys honestly are just the best, man. You know, uh, it always blows my mind how this podcast was able to create such an awesome community of, of, of friends. Community of, of people being able to go ahead and get together and just chat about random stuff like we did today. You know? I say you do not do that at all. You do not send stuff to us. Uh, no. we. Uh, the only thing we want from you, my friend, is your precious time whenever we stream live. We want your, your time and we want you to go ahead and be joining us uh, every single week. Much like all of our friends. We love it whenever you guys join us live and we want you guys to join us whenever you can. And these episodes are... Even more fun whenever we're having all of our friends here live chatting with us and being able to go ahead and, and, and you know, bring different perspectives and different insight to whatever it is we're chatting about. So, yeah. Sorry, I say. I said no, Jacob. I said no. But, um, as I said before, because we're here streaming live on a Friday, tomorrow, Saturday... Look out for that Q&A question that Lexi will go ahead and put out on Instagram. And then on Sunday, Sunday, Lexi will also put out uh, the poll question. 
good stuff there, guys. And then we'll talk about all that good stuff next week. We'll have a double poll question, double Q&A. It's going to be fun stuff. And you guys know how much I love the just seeing what the results and the feedback is and seeing the different responses. So that's all I got for you guys. And just in closing, as I say, every single closing, just, uh, just try to be positive-minded people. Uh, keep pushing through uh, this journey of life that we're all in. Uh, try to spread uh, love and joy. And uh, remember, guys, you guys are never alone. There are people that love you. And uh, whenever we're stuck in a moment of of darkness, moment of sadness, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And I uh, hope you guys know that we're always here for you guys whenever you need. You can guys can go ahead and reach out. You know, we will do the best we can to go ahead and uh, respond. Um, but we will respond. And... Uh, just remember just remember that guys it's important to remember that there are always people there that are looking out for you that are rooting for you that care for you and it's important to remember that guys because that's something that we constantly always forget being in this journey our own personal journey we think that we are taking it alone and we we, we never are we always have people in our corner so uh, just remember that guys and know that i'm in your in your corner you know whatever your dreams are whatever your your passions are in and I want you to go ahead and put in that work to go ahead and pursue those dreams. You know, that's what me and Zach are doing. We're trying to go ahead and push each other to become uh, voice actors. And, uh, and I'm a firm believer that if you put in the work, something's going to happen, whether it be what you want to, to happen or whether it be some other form of opportunity, whether it be something who never knows what, life takes us or where it takes us what opportunities present themselves to us um, but all I know is that those opportunities don't present themselves if you don't do anything so like I said I'm rooting for all you guys I love you guys so much and uh, I will see you guys next week on Sunday alright guys it's been fun I'll see you guys next time peace out